Welcome into Petty Page and the Cool Taker. I'm your host, Paige Demacos, here with Fred Siegel. Fred, it's Thursday. It's NBA Draft Day. There's a lot of things to like about the NBA Draft, and there's a lot of things to hate about Draft Day. So let's start off with uh, how you're doing today, and then we'll get into the NBA Draft. Draft Day is great. Uh, the actual draft is never as good for me when I come to try to post cold takes as the day of the draft, and especially that way with the NFL, because well, most of the takes are during the draft about the future. You can use a lot of things where people say that oh, this player is not going to get drafted and things like that. But otherwise, um, you have to wait for the picks yeah. to matriculate and the players to. So it's a, it's a, it's a tricky time. But I liked picking. I liked posting a lot of things that uh, happened in the past on draft day, kind of a celebration of everything. Yeah, it's a it's a celebration of cold. It's we should probably come up with a couple of like cold take holidays. Uh, and the, the draft days are kind of the, they fall into those categories. You know, the three to one day uh, for the Cavs is kind of one of those days. Like might might have to <laughs> might have to put together like a, a, a like a petty page calendar, and those days are going to be up there for cold take days because those are the days where we can unleash. Uh, lots of things that have happened in the past. And uh, it's always a good time to, to walk through and also to see, obviously, what's, what's going to be new. Who's going to take, you know, who's I've already seen, you know, Michael Porter Jr. has been talked about a lot both ways, very polarizing. So I like to pay attention to the polarizing athletes because usually you get enough on both sides that you'll, in six to eight months from now, you, uh, you and I will have some fun unleashing some old draft takes, that's for sure. Definitely. 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 All right. I, I'm going to be, I, I, that's, that's, that's where, that's where cold takes really thrives. Yeah. That's where, it's where you thrive. So, uh, so my first question to you is, and I, I put this down, I was starting to think about it on Tuesday. What are some of the best draft cold takes like of all time? Like even in the NFL, you could bring some up if you wanted to, but specifically, obviously we're talking about the NBA. So what are some of the worst ones that you look back and you go, Oh my God, that is fantastic. Well, there's a few related to LeBron James. Okay. Most people had LeBron James in as the number one pick of the draft, hands down. Yeah. But he was coming out of high school, so there's always that thought that you don't really know much about him. But he was very hyped coming into the draft in 2003. But there were a few people who said that Darko Milicic, is going to be the best player, oh, the, the European Yugoslavian guy. Uh, this scout, Alberto Dal Sin from Utah, he was with the Jazz. I don't know where he's at now, but he said, "Person, he's an international. He's the director of international scouting. So these international scouts, they, they, they only follow the international players, so they tend to heavily favor them. They, uh, they don't really pay much attention to the other players, so they, they kind of is skewed towards them. And he said, personally, I would take Darko ahead of LeBron because he has more skills. Oh, boy. I can play more positions. Um, there are very few can't-miss players, but I have no doubt that Darko is a can't-miss player. Also, Mike D'Antoni in 2003, I, this was before – I think he was an assistant coach at the time. This was before he became the head coach of – the Suns, and that's where he like really made his name. He said uh, that a lot of people are saying that LeBron James is good, and there's no doubt about it, and they love him. But the Yugoslavian kid, and that's Milicic, at seven foot, with all the things he's supposed to be able to do in three or four years, will be the better pick. Oh, boy. 
I know um, that, yeah, Dan Levitar definitely advocated for a bunch of times back in 2003, and he was writing for the Miami Herald at the time. I don't think he had a radio show at the time. Okay. He, because uh, he started out local in Miami, but he, he said that pick, he advocated strongly for picking Carmelo Anthony over LeBron. Because oh. Carmelo had that one year at Syracuse, yeah, and he knew sure. that he was a champion. Yeah, won a title. That's his only. That's his only uh, opportunity for claiming championships is from his college days. And so it's. But this is <laughs> you're talking. The thing here is a lot of these takes that you you know you're talking about. It's a lot more work because there's no Twitter. We can't go to the receipts. Like in 2003, there's no Twitter for us to go searching for. You know, there's not yeah. now. Now that's why people are always like, it's easier to hold people accountable because people say things and words live forever. You know, screenshots live forever. So I can pull those and we can go back and look and we can go, wow, look at that one. But yeah, thinking that LeBron, I, I just, I remember, you know, I was in 2003, I was a, in seventh grade, right? I was in seventh grade going into eighth grade, probably, right? Yep. When this was happening. So I, I remember how big LeBron was. I remember how much hype there was around him. I remember thinking like, wow, you know, he's just like me. I'm about to, I'm so close to high school, like looking at it and seeing it. And I just remember him looking and looking at him and going, there's no way that guy plays in high school. Like he was just so ridiculously physically gifted that yes, I understood he was coming from high school, but like these guys like that were saying, you know, it's almost like people like look for reasons to to be like, OK, well, everybody thinks this. So I'm going to they're contrarian. Like I'm I'm going to try and figure out a reason why LeBron should be the number one overall pick, which obviously now fast forward to 2018 looks really stupid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are some other what are some other good ones you got you got there? Um, I also have. OK, this is this one. Uh, I send it out all the time. Colin Cowherd. (laughs) (laughs) I know where you're going. Uh, He always, uh, I mean, Colin Cowherd always goes on rants and he went on a huge rant back in 2007 when he was in at ESPN. His show had had been around for maybe two years on ESPN. And uh, he had his radio show. He was doing, uh, talking about Odin versus Durant. Because that was the big thing, Greg Oden versus Kevin Durant. Yep, huge thing. Uh, Kevin Oden was out of Ohio State, and he was like, God, look, huge, huge uh, physical specimen, was really quick, and he, uh, but he turned out his knees were terrible. But we didn't know how bad his knees were at the time, and uh, Cowherd went nuts because Texas, <laughs> at the draft <laughs> camp, Kevin Durant only benched 180 pounds once or something. And he couldn't, hey. or 150 pounds once. He couldn't bench 175 pounds. And uh, yeah, he's a small guy. Yeah. yeah, he was skinny. And Cowherd said, uh, he just went off on him. He said, oh, I can bench 180 pounds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to be another wing guy. And you could draft just another wing guy, or you could draft. Uh, the greatest physical specimen that's ever been produced in Greg Oden. No, it's over. Pick Greg Oden. That's it. You take Greg Oden. Uh, but Colin, he's got a great upside. Okay. You know, okay. You know, he always, has, he always, he always re- pronounces a whiny guy. But oh my Colin. God. Oh my <laughs> God. Colin, this is he, so good. He's a great shooter. Uh, so what? 
You can't bench 185 pounds. Oh my God. I, I could bench it twice. <laughs> little did it, little little did you all know that you were going to get a Colin Cowherd impression this early on in the podcast. <laughs> it's absolutely this. Colin is a great person to impersonate too because he's very. You're right. He, okay, okay. Yeah. He's a, like whiny dude voice. But that's that's a that's a great one. That's a great but one. Colin, the Lakers are are a dumpster fire. This management, no, they aren't. They aren't. <laughs> How many dumpster fires can get this player and this player to come to play for your team? Oh, he loves not him. many. He loves him some. Oh, that's so good. Not many. Not many. That's, that is uh, that's a fan. Colin's got quite a few. There's also one that I think of specifically that I like to bring up uh, just because I remember the fan reaction is the Chris Stapps Porzingis stuff because I was covering the NBA at the time and I remember watching i have a lot of friends who are knicks fans and the text messages that they sent me and a couple of them that were at the draft and the reaction and the people booing and losing their minds who are now who now have unicorn tattoos and have poor zing god tattooed on their back and have poor zingus jerseys and all that stuff i mean that was an epic cold take of an entire fan base. I mean, that was like the whole fan base was pissed off when they drafted Porzingis. And now they, now he's a God there. Now they love him. They love him. They love it. It's unbelievable. All right. I want you to introduce what you introduced on Twitter, because this is your, this is your topic. And I, and I love it. It's very funny. So go ahead. You can introduce uh, what you, what you introduced to the Twitter world last night. Okay. So I was watching the college world series and uh, the umpire made a call about a ball that looked fair, but it went foul. And um, I mean, it looked foul and it went fair, but it, it was a whole thing that the ball goes, it's where the ball goes over the base. It's not where the ball lands and it landed heavily foul. But I was just thinking about how much power the umpires have. And um, it just maybe reminded me of, specific times where the umpire or the referee in the sport, the officials, they, uh, they're, they're make a call. So suspenseful for no reason, or it doesn't seem necessary. It seems a lot less necessary than normally needs to be. And the first thing I thought about was when, <laughs> when there's a punt in football <laughs> and it looks like it was shanked in some way, or it, it went out of bounds in the air. Like it was skied out of bounds. The, the referee stands on the sideline and just walks slowly. <laughs> Nobody knows when he's going to stop. And you're just like, no. How, first of all, how does the ref know where the ball goes out? And second of all, why, is he, why can't he just run to the spot where it is? Uh, <laughs> it's so good. You're like, God, stop, stop. Stop! Stop! Especially if your team. Is oh, you're losing your mind! You're <laughs> losing on, your. You're stop. losing your no, mind. No, that's way farther. Stop! And that ends up being like a 15-yard punt. Uh, they have all the chains too, where they they, they walk slowly. Uh, the chain comes out. Oh my God! You know, <laughs> one that is so. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. But that's what happens when you give, you give somebody power. These types of things happen. So my example, because I was reading through, and shout out to all the people on Twitter. There were some great responses, and we still want you to engage with us because this is hilarious. So this one comes from Brennan, and this was my initial thought. So 
he says it's he's done this so i think it's very funny he goes as somebody who's certainly done this calling a strike when a batter is already two steps towards first base uh, oh my god yeah why Can, is, this, do they get is it because they're mad at the player <laughs> like if i like you're so you're sitting there and you know more like it's like borderline call or a ball and they call it a strike and the, 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 you know, they've dropped their bat, they're two steps to first base. And then you hear them wait, 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 strike. And you almost, almost every time I would bet it's nine out of 10 times that player loses their shit. They turn around and they go absolutely berserk on, on the umpire because you're like, what, what are you looking at? And why did you wait so long? It's like, it's like their own little petty thing that they're doing like i control this i can do this and i'm gonna make this call even though you think that you're gonna walk nope gotta come back gotta come back to the box come back in here and take this bat like it's that one if i was a player and i was two steps and i knew that it was a ball and somebody called a strike i would absolutely lose my goddamn mind i would lose my mind that one is agonizing and when i'm watching the cubs and i'm watching and something like that happens i'm like oh here we go especially if it happens to like javier baez or one of the players who's more emotional i'm like oh he's gonna get tossed for sure here we go yeah like that's this this done we're done it kind of the 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 it, it, sometimes they take a long time to call a ball or it doesn't they don't yes. say ball like the, the, the pitcher throws a strike he thinks it's a strike he was about to walk off the mound and the inning and the umpire doesn't really necessarily say anything so it's just a ball. Yeah. yeah. It could just yeah. say ball. I, uh, the other one I like, this one has a lot of likes reviewing and then reversing a block charge call in the last <laughs> minute of the NBA finals game. <laughs> I think, uh, here, here's the thing by the rule book, obviously we found out that it, what they did was correct, but in the moment while I'm watching the game, you know, if I'm a, cause I'm not a fan of the Warriors or the Cavs. But if I was a fan of one of those teams, if that was the Bulls in the finals, and that was what was going on, I would be irate. I would be irate because that that and that happens a lot. It's a split second, but you know that sometimes you watch you watch a charge happen, and especially like guys who get really into their charge calls, right? They like wait like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then they like go do go full blown charge call and like lose their shit. Right. They're like, and, and you're sitting there and you're going, that's not a charge or that's a block. And you're waiting. And those, that little, like one and a half seconds, two seconds that you have to wait is excruciating. Yeah. yeah. It's awful. You have no idea. I, no, it's awful. Still, nobody has any idea whether charges or a block half the time. No, absolutely I have not. no idea what it is. But it, no matter what, you're going to get booed. What, what's, oh, what, what, do, what do people boo all the time? No matter what, you're going to get booed as if w- the fans have no idea what the call is. When a when a that's, pitcher that's, steps off the rubber, and he's the busy, oh, the draw down, like, great ball, one, ooh, ball. No one knows what the ball. Is. <laughs> <laughs> ball, so true, so <laughs> true. It's it that any anything that's semi confusing that fans may get misinterpreted on, where they don't know what's going on, they're just gonna boo. That's like the default for fans. Like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. Now I'm going to boo. Like that's what happens. That's just that's that's what fans do, which I appreciate. Love you, fans. I'm a fan, so don't don't get mad at me for being a fan. I got people were angry. At, I got people were mad online yesterday, Fred, because I, and I know that will shock you because nobody's ever mad <laughs> online. Uh, they were they were mad online about my uh, I'm a, I'm allergic to St. Louis, which I am. I'm sorry, people. It's just the truth. These are the shirts. These are the, I I I I'm allergic to St. Louis. I can't go there. It's a horrible place. 
feed feed my mention, St. Louis. I'll be here all day. I'll be here all day. <laughs> uh, is is there are there any uh, any other ones that you can think of? I think the umpires. There's a lot of stuff in baseball that I feel like fills this, and also like basketball. It's happening. Same with hockey. Everything's happening so fast. But like in football and baseball, they have more opportunity. I feel like to to stretch out a play. I saw like two offsetting. You know, you get two offsetting. Uh, penalties like in the nfl where the flags are flying and you're all standing there and everybody's kind of looking yeah everyone's standing there like what's going on like what's the call like you saw one like you might have saw pass interference on the other side but you didn't see what you know there was a hold on the line and everybody's standing around like okay what are we gonna call and they kind of all look at each other like i don't know what to call and then they just call something or they offset you're like uh okay cool sweet i just waited a minute for that thanks like a lot of those like suspenseful yeah, I'm unnecessary, like waiting. Like, I feel like they do it on purpose. Like they're just sitting over there having like coffee talk waiting, like, Oh, we'll just make the fans wait. All right, cool. Like that's, that's what I envision referees are doing. So I'd love to have a referee on to, to prove us wrong. So if you're a referee and you want to come on and tell us what you're actually doing during that time, feel free. Hit me and Fred up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you ready to uh, rank the pettiness? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's some great pettiness. What do you got? From- uh, okay. Oh, there's Paige, been some good ones. In, in my opinion, is the queen of petty on the internet. Uh, she is a petty enthusiast and loves tracking any petty moments in sports or outside of sports, but especially sports. I'm going to name something that happened or talk about something that happened in the past week, and Paige is going to rank the pettiness from zero two, five. First, we have Steph Curry's wife, Aisha Curry, is now a full-fledged celebrity chef. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, she loves cooking, and I think she has a cooking show, possibly, or other. Yep. I, I don't yep. pay attention to cooking stuff. She uh, opened a second location of her international smoke restaurant, um, which she is partnered with Michael Mina's Barbecue. Okay, Uh, but the second location is in Houston and she opened it right after the NBA finals and the playoffs where the Warriors lost. I mean, the Warriors beat Houston and Houston still believes that they would have won if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. Um, Of course, now everyone can review restaurants. It's all under Yelp. And. Houston fans, without even going, I'm sure, uh, I think before it even opened, it said, yeah, before the restaurant even opened, has started posting one-star Yelp reviews. (laughs) And then one of them, I don't expect how, I don't know how she expects anyone from Houston to eat here. Not one real Houston Utonian will ever eat in here. First and foremost, I'd like to start off by saying, how dare you bring this mess to Houston? We are good. We do not need this negativity. I can already taste the blandness of the food. One person said they serve live mouthpieces because of Steph. Oh, my God. Um, it's a disrespectful attempt to open a restaurant in Houston, go back to California, because Curry about to get all the smoke in these reviews. Uh, so Houston fans are not excited. But, however, the fact that she got these reviews, um, we all know now that she has a restaurant opening in Houston. I would never have known, nor would I have paid attention to the fact that she had a restaurant in Houston. So it's, it's, it's in the news. Um, yep. Page rank, petty page, rank the pettiness of 
Houston fans giving Aisha Curry one star reviews on Yelp for a restaurant that had even opened. Uh, there, the city of Houston is getting a five. Wow. Because I'll tell you why. They have taken it to another level, okay? Because this isn't crime on Steph Curry. This is just crime on the Curry family. Like, they're like, this is an extension of pettiness, right? They're like, no, we don't want, we don't want any, we don't want any Curry happening in our city. And the fact that they not, I mean, we're not talking about one or two reviews. Like, there is a hella lot of reviews of people and it's just become this huge thing now and the reviews are funnier each one that i read you're not you know they didn't go in there and just give one stars they're writing serious shit on there and i was dying i i spent a half hour reading one star reviews i've one i've never read more than i don't know maybe 10 reviews in my entire life of restaurants i read like 35 the other night because i was so highly entertained by this so city of houston well done uh, if they end up, I mean, can you imagine if her restaurant becomes a failure because everybody in Houston is just like boycotting her restaurant? I mean, that's like pettiness at a at an extreme level. Like, I can't even imagine if that happens. So, city of Houston, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling extra petty today. You guys are getting a five. I love it. I'm in. Great rating from the city of Houston. Usually, yeah, fives have been kind of low. It's becoming harder and harder to get a five. You should throw out fives all the time. Okay, Chris. And not anymore. Cristiano Ronaldo, the goal store, scoring legend for uh, Portugal and Real Madrid soccer player or football, as it's called in Europe. Um, he's been doing very well in the World Cup. I think he has four goals. He. Um, uh, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo is kind of like the Jordan LeBron debate in soccer, except both yes. players are active and they're around the same age. Um, Ronaldo, uh, Leo Messi took a photo op where he was holding a little goat as if to, <gasps> to, to, to say that he's the goat. Well, Cristiano Ronaldo in a response to that, um, said uh, or said he was growing a beard uh with little hairs to say that he's the the goat or to make fun of ronaldo's goat picture um petty page ranked ronaldo's pettiness for growing the small beard uh so i have to add on to this there's another layer that i've since uh retrieved from the internet and that is that he, in his goal scoring, stroked his beard like he was a little goat, oh. like he was trying to like in his goal in his goal scoring. So there's extra layers to this. So the internet is putting a lot of pieces together here now. If they're actually related, we don't know. But it's better to envision. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they are mm-hmm. right. Now this is especially going well for Ronaldo because Ronaldo has played exceptionally well in the world cup, right? He's got every single one of Portugal's goals. He's playing, you know, and he's had like, I mean, he's playing unbelievable, right? He's playing ridiculously. Whereas Messi missed his, misses goal. It was, it was like, he was getting destroyed on the internet. You know, everybody's like the conversation's over, which is stupid because you're talking about one, literally one game where you're trying to make up a debate. Right. But that's what the internet was doing. That's what the internet lives for. So this, this thing has kind of been playing out. So I'm going to go and pretend that they 100% know what they're doing, right? They're, they're doing this on purpose. 
So I give this act a four mm. because it's, it, it's pretty petty. Yeah. It's not, the only reason it's not getting a five is because I need like, I need like Ronaldo to pull off his mm. Portugal jersey and have like a goat shirt on underneath. Like then I would be like, oh my God, dude. Like, so I'm, I'm, looking, for, I'm looking for the next level of pettiness in the knockout round potentially. Uh, so I, I'm hoping that this Ronaldo Messi stuff continues between the two of them, I mean, we know the fans are going to argue, but I want the pettiness to continue between the two of them because that's way more entertaining to me than the fans. So I'm giving it a four, not a five. But Ronaldo, there's an opportunity for you to become a Hall of Fame member of the Petty Page, uh, the Petty Squad. Okay, that I that I have. If you do some, if you wear a goat shirt underneath your Portugal and take jersey. it off. So, well, if you take off your shirt, oh, take off your shirt in the middle of the game, you'll get a yeah. uh, yellow card. I think now. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Give him the, who cares? No, no, you yeah, can't, give you the can't get the yellow. You want to know why? Because if you get oh. two yellows in accumulated, then you can't play the next game. So you cannot get yellow. Well, he, well, he, he it's okay. He's just got to, it's got to be towards uh, the end of the yeah. game. He's got to get, he's got to hit like a game winning goal. Yeah, and right? He's got to go put game. his team up to. Right. Uh, yeah. And then come in with a goat shirt on. Yeah. I need it. I need okay. it. Or just wear it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I need it. I'm here for it. All right. All right. Um, okay. The uh, next one, final one, is there's a San Francisco brewery in San Francisco. I guess they love beers. These craft beer breweries have become real big. I'm not really a craft beer guy. I'm not really a beer guy itself, but I just eat, drink Amstel Light when I have a beer. But it, <laughs> Bear Bottle Brewing Company revealed a new IPA on Saturday, last Saturday, which they called LeBron James Tears. Um, and, uh, they already won the title. Okay. It's uh 6.5% ABV, whatever that means. I guess that's like beer percentage alcohol. And, um, a little known fact, KD, Steph and Clay take opposing teams, hopes and dreams and turn it into soul crushing three pointers. We took tears from Sir James games, one loss and distilled them into a hazy IPA just for you. We also decided that tears pair as well. With mosaic hops, sad exclamation point. Uh, looks like a good marketing scheme by Bear Bottle Company. Yes, uh, rank very much so. The pettiness of Bear Bottle Company IPA, LeBron's Tears beer. Uh, I'm giving it a three because it's a marketing uh, scheme. Because it's a marketing scheme. If they had done it, so here's where I one timing. So it's easy to do that after the finals are over had they done it prior to the finals as they were going into it i think it would have been even a little bit funnier um obviously taking a marketing opportunity it's still petty still funny lebron james tears but you know it's kind of like it's it's kind of this rivalry isn't really a rivalry because lebron james they got their ass whooped right so it's like the pettiness is not even as fun like it's not it's not fun to be petty if it's like such a cakewalk you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have a little bit back and forth. Like, it's got to be like, you know, we had the Halloween cookies, the three to one party. We had the, we had like the back and forth in the first two finals. These last two finals have been, eh. like, we all knew the Warriors were going to win. The Cavs aren't good enough, like, especially this past one. So they're only getting a three. You guys got to, you guys are doing a marketing scheme. It's funny. I laughed. It's petty, but it's not like, not five worthy. Definitely not. Yeah, it's not, it's a, mar- yeah, not it's a good marketing worthy. scheme. It's, it's silly. It's silly. 
for sure. It's silly. For sure. It's silly. It's good. Silly. Good for them. I'm, I'm fine with that. It's, 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 it's lighthearted fun. Lighthearted yeah. fun. Now, now, Fred, now's your opportunity to shine. Uh, loaded vaults. Last week we talked about LeBron to the Cavs. I can only imagine that that is uh, getting even bigger now because there's been so much speculation with the Kawhi Leonard news, uh, with him, Paul George, and LeBron coming together to play in L.A. You know, it seems like Cleveland, although technically in Vegas, Cleveland has started down low and is now much higher, uh, which is pretty interesting that Vegas, I always pay attention to the Vegas odds because they know stuff. They know they know stuff, so I like to like to pay attention to what they're saying. LA is still at the top, uh, but Cleveland's now number two, where they were number four behind both Philadelphia and Houston before that. So, what is the loaded vault looking like now for LeBron if he stays with oh, the Cavs? Incredible! I mean, nobody thinks he's gone. It's a yeah. first gut reaction. He's gone. The whole year, half yeah. people were saying he's gone. I think we called Houston yesterday, last time. I said that he was going to go to Houston. Windhorse said the other day. I think it was yesterday that. Or two days ago, that LeBron's not going to Houston. Um, I it, usually hear people are kind of uh, wishy-washy and they're very guarded with their words, but Windhorse uh, seemed to be pretty positive that Houston will be out of this pretty early. So that's done. Um, I think that uh, it would be the best for me if he went to the Cavs. I, I, he just doesn't have a great spot. And... Um, he could still LeBron could still play his narrative of, you know, I'm staying home and this is, this is what I'm trying to do Uh, as opposed to if he went to another team and didn't win, that'd be rough. If he went to, if he went to uh, the Lakers and didn't win, um, it would be rough. So, I mean, he's already got a great legacy. Um, I, I think that uh, it seems a lot more plausible these days to go to the Cavs. They just have those terrible contracts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, I, I just don't see him staying in Cleveland. I, I really don't. I know that he, I know the legacy discussion is very interesting with him, but I think he, I think Kevin Durant has become the villain. And I think LeBron can leave. And it's kind of become this weird thing now because when LeBron left and went to Miami, everybody hated him. But I feel like he's got a pass this time around. Like everybody's just like, he has to do it. Cleveland's not good enough. He's got to go somewhere else. So he has this pass, and I think he recognizes that, that this th- this might not exist next season. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can do the one-year thing, and he can opt out again if he wants. But I think he realizes this timeline right now is a good time for him to leave if he's going to. And if he doesn't, then I just envision he's never going to leave, and he's just going to play the rest of his career in Cleveland. Uh, what is the other loaded vault here, Fred? Uh, I-, I see that you have – there's a couple other free agents – um, I think if Kawhi Leonard stayed in San Antonio, that would be really funny. But there's also uh, Paul George. So if Paul George uh, stays, you know, in, in Oklahoma City, what will that be like for you? If Paul George stays in Oklahoma City, it would be – it wouldn't be on the level as LeBron because he's not LeBron. But Paul George yeah, for sure. staying in Oklahoma City uh, would be a very big surprise and would just – I would be able to unleash because I don't think anybody thinks okay. that he's staying. Um, he, so I think Mark Stein reported that the, the momentum is coming towards uh, possibly staying. That could probably be from Oklahoma City's camp, a leak of some sort. For sure. Uh, but I don't know if that's even – that just seems like it's so – 
uh, <laughs> it's so speculative. So, uh, but that would be a great, great one. Paul George. Doesn't. I have another, I haven't, I have another scenario for you. So because the conversation surrounding, like, can we make the LA Lakers as a whole, a cold take? Because what happens if neither Paul George, LeBron James, or Kawhi Leonard end up going to LA? Like literally the, the Laker fan base thinks they're getting all three. And a lot of media have Colin Cowherd, big, oh my God, big three, blah, blah, blah. What if none of the three of those guys goes there? It's going to be wild if LA doesn't get all three of those guys. I would love it. Well, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, what we, we need. need LA not to get any of them. Well, It'd be so good. Because uh, that would be just assumptions of what LA is going to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. All instantaneously. That's why I said, even if they get all three of those guys, is that enough? Are you guaranteeing? Like, people, oh, my God, best team of all. I'm like, okay. Do you haven't even seen those guys play basketball together yet? And it's already like, oh my God, we haven't seen Kawhi Leonard play basketball in a year. Right. Like it's, uh, it's unbelievable to me that it's a foregone conclusion, especially after Greg Popovich met with Kawhi. So I think things are about to get real interesting tonight with the draft. Uh, it's time for off your chest. That's how we end every podcast. Uh, Fred, I'm going to let you go first. What do you need to get off your chest this week? Well, we're going to be watching the draft soon. And the draft's going to be tonight, yes. and it's going to be lit, lit, the draft coverage always, um, whether it's people afraid to say that they, some guy isn't a good prospect on TV, or it's always like Little League-type puffery. Each player's got great this, great that, great pick. You always come out of it thinking that you got a good pick. Sometimes uh, uh, an analyst will say that a player should have been picked over another player, and, oh, well, we, I'm kind of wondering what they did here, but... Uh, most of the time, each player is going to be treated like they're a really good prospect. And um, it, it's impossible to know whether they're going to be a good pro- what, what people actually think about a player. Because I guess people are worried about the soundbite. But come on, let's give some more uh, actual hard-hitting analysis. Because I guess maybe yeah. they're going to have to see the player or walking around. That's a big deal. Because if, if you're going to have to see the person you're criticizing walking around, mm-hmm. maybe that's a problem. But uh, why can't we have more hard-hitting analysis? Every time – Jay Bills is going to be on there. He's going to love every player. I can tell you that. Yeah, oh, yeah, great 100%. Wingspan, great wingspan. But uh, <laughs> what I can tell you about this player is he's a winner. He has played for a bunch of great, great, great programs. Um He's uh, in these three programs in which he transferred to. Uh, he's played under great coaches and a great offensive scheme. And as long as he can continue improving on his shot and he can get some so ball good. handling skills and play better defense, he is going to be a solid NBA player. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, I can tell you I am high on this player. I may not be as high as him as I am on this player, but I am high on him too. And I'm high on the players that are below him and the players below them, and the last players. <laughs> we, got, we got a Colin Coward impression today, and we got a Jay Billis impression today. I'm almost, like, I almost don't have anything to get off my chest because I've been laughing so much throughout this podcast. But nonetheless, I have to call out somebody in L.A. I don't know. It's like David. I don't know what his real name is. He works for the Dodgers. He's like a Dodger radio guy, mm-hmm. right? He has been... He was criticizing Cubs fans, right, 
for cheering for their team after a nice double play was made. Okay, he was he was saying they were they were cheering too loud. It was too much that they they were cheering like they had won the World Series. Now, here's the thing, David. I know that in LA, you show up for the fourth inning and you leave for the sixth because you guys got to beat traffic and then you got to get there fashionably late because it's a scene to be seen at. But in Chicago, we're actual sports fans, like real sports fans, uh, Philadelphia, New York, Boston. When you go to a baseball game in Fenway or Yankee or Wrigley, they're heckling players, they're cheering for their teams, they're enjoying themselves. That is what sports is about. To sit on your high horse and to criticize fans for cheering for their team is literally one of the most capital J journalist D-bag things I have ever seen on the internet. I don't care if it's Cubs fans or Philly fans or Marlins fans. I don't care. If they want to cheer for their team, God bless them because there is nothing Worse than going to a baseball game with a bunch of squares who sit there and don't want you to stand and are boring, okay? I've been to plenty of those games because I live in Arizona with a lot of old people, okay? So, stop telling fans how to root for their teams. It's absolutely ridiculous. People should root for their team like it's game seven at all moments of time. Go all the way in, have fun, enjoy yourself, and if you want to sit and be quiet, whatever. You should sit your ass at home and watch the game on TV. End of my rant. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of standing person at times if they're standing the whole game, but two strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for two sure. Stri- yeah, we got two strikes. Yeah. We got to stand. Yeah, big moments. Yeah, big moments. I mean, yeah, big, you, go, you're, you so. got, it's a, for sure, it's a one nothing game, and you got and you they got two men on, and they hit it to a double play. You damn right, I'm cheering. That's a big moment in the seventh inning. And I mean, come on, this is it's like ridiculous. Like it's not, it's not a pop up. It's not like they. I mean, even and you know what? If I want to cheer for a pop up, let me cheer for a fucking pop up. Who cares? Why are you yelling at me for cheering for my team? That doesn't make any sense. LA fans are the woke, dude. They're, they're really woke. So, oh yeah, they're like. Dodge, as somebody who lives in Arizona, I never really cared about mm. L.A., but now the proximity to L.A., I've recognized, one, how high horse Laker fans are, when in reality they would be some of the most apathetic fans of all time had they not, be, had they not been, I don't know, the second greatest sports franchise in sports. Like, they've won so much. Like, congrats, you guys show up a lot. Your team wins all the time. Like, really? You're supposed to, I'm supposed to feel good for you guys? You, what's happened over the last few years when you guys have sucked? Oh, Attendance went down. Nobody wanted to be seen at those games anymore. It wasn't the hot thing to do. What happens? The Rams. The Rams were really good this year. Still couldn't get people to go to their games. L.A. is a fickle sports market. West Coast vibes. It's just how people are. It's very transient. They, they want to go to the beach. They don't want to go to sports games. That's fine. Whatever. But don't, don't pick on people that are passionate fan bases, okay, just because you guys are a bunch of apathetic weirdos, okay? You heard it. I <laughs> um, can't wait. Can't can't wait for my mentions today. It's gonna be so fun. It's gonna be so fun. Fred, uh, how can how can everybody follow you on social media? Um, follow me at, at Old Takes Exposed, which is my account um, for uh, Twitter, and then follow mm-hmm. me on Instagram, Freezing Cold Takes, and um, Facebook, Freezing Cold Takes. 
Yeah, be sure to uh, hit the like button on Facebook, guys, and go follow him on Instagram. Instagram released uh, a new Instagram TV now, so you're going to be able to put like longer videos. Oh, up really? And, and have some, have some, yeah, How have some fun with uh, ten minutes. Wow. Ten minutes. Yep. Oh. Yep. So it's uh, ex- exciting times. No, you're not going to have to cut your uh, videos down. You're going to be able to, able to have a little fun with that. So that's uh, exciting times in the social sphere. Uh, and if you want to follow me, I'm at the underscore sports page on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find me there. I'm um, really excited for the NBA draft tonight. I got my J's on. I'm all the way. I'm, I'm ready to go. And uh, I'm hoping that the Bulls don't F it up. But they probably will because that's what they do. So, Fred. Uh, good luck to you. You're a Miami Heat fan, so good luck tonight with uh, <laughs> do we even, with your with do your we even team. Have a pick? I don't with, think we even have a pick. <laughs> do we have one? <laughs> uh, it's 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 one of those things. It's not like the NFL. It's not like the it's not like the NFL draft where there's like seven rounds and everybody's got you know. It's it's a quick. If you don't have top picks, you're like Pat eh, Riley I don't really hates care. Um, drafts. He doesn't usually play the rookies, but I can tell you one thing. We did. I tell you, we wanted. <laughs> man, we wanted. Donovan Mitchell bad last year. I know that. And he got picked right yep. before us. And we had to pick um, Bam Adebayo, who's been pretty good. I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I think he's got a lot of potential, but we wanted Mitchell bad. Um, all right. Yeah. Fred, thanks. Uh, everybody enjoy the NBA draft tonight and be sure to continue sending us uh, the things in sports that referees and umpires do that take the longest and annoy you the most because we've gotten some good ones so far. So be sure to hit us up and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Anchor, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play now. We're everywhere. Uh, Thanks for listening, and Fred, have a good night. Take care.